So today, uh, we're starting a new series on Colossians 3, 1 through 17. We're going to be in this for a few weeks, and so tonight I'm just kind of setting the foundation for us to be able to talk about some of the more difficult parts of the passage, and uh, we're going to just kind of lay down this foundation. One of the things I want you to be thinking about is the things that you've done wrong, the evil that you've experienced or seen in your life, um, the evil that maybe you've done to others, and... I remember when I was uh, in seminary at Covenants in St. Louis, Missouri, I experienced evil, so a real darkness, a real um, perversion. And I was in seminary, I just started my first semester. I was, and some of you guys know the story. I was in a basement uh, with one window uh, in my basement. Um, I, I was living there at the time. Um, I was engaged uh, to my soon-to-be wife, Emily, that I was going to marry a few months later. And she was in Tallahassee at the time. I was in St. Louis. I didn't know anyone in St. Louis. Um, I'm living underneath this sweet family that you can hear above you playing and hanging out and the friends over. And then I'm living in the basement, not knowing anybody alone. And I'd go to my classes uh, to seminary, uh, and I would I would sit before these like holy teachers and holy people around me. And I just was stuck in sin, and I was experiencing just the unraveling and the evil of my heart. And every day I'd go to class, I would uh, weep after class, and then I would return home to my basement and to my darkness and experience just depression. Um, and this, this great anxiety and this stuckness um, and this ability to not be able to make friends, this ability to not be able to be honest, this ability not to be able to reach out and um, find help. I remember... Um, in the basement, um, actually contemplating taking my life uh, as a 23-year-old uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, three months before uh, getting married, engaged, and, and just saying, I'm done. Uh, the Lord could not possibly love me, uh, nor could my family, and nor could my future wife. But something happened. I was on a phone call uh, with Emily, who I was engaged to. And I broke down mentally, and I was having this just kind of breakdown, and I began um, to think to myself, if I don't confess, if I don't share my sin, if I don't share everything about myself, I'm not, I don't know if I can, I can make it. And so by some movement of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Lord just let me unravel before her. Um, and by some grace and miracle, once again, the Holy Spirit, Emily, um, listened to me and heard me on the phone, uh, thousands of miles away, 13-hour drive away, 14-hour drive away, uh, confess the dirtiest things that I've ever done and the dirtiest things I've ever been done to me. Uh, and she listened. And then I said to her at the end of that, we cannot get married on December 29th. And she said to me, I'm not marrying you because of you, but because Jesus loves you, and so do I. So on December 29, Emily, knowing every single piece about my life, when she said I do to me, she said I love you, I knew she really meant it because she knew everything about me. There's someone in the room here that knows everything about you. Every detail. Every single thing. And he loves you. And this transforms me it will transform you. The Apostle Paul writes about this in Colossians 3, 1-17. So let me read it to you. These are the most important words said tonight. 
these words will last forever, long after what I say afterwards and before this. Um, this is going to be forever. So listen to the most important words. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are here on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also you're going to appear with him in glory. So put to death what is earthly in you, the sexual immorality, the impurity, the passion, the evil desire, and covetedness, which is all idolatry. And on account of this, the wrath of God is going to come towards you. In these you too once walked, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, all the anger, all the malice, all the wrath and slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with the practices of it, and you have now put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of God. Here there is no Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, skinny, and slave, free, but Christ is all, and he's in all. So put on, as now God's chosen ones, as now God's holy ones, as God's beloveds, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in work or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is God's Word spoken to you. So I want to ask you, is it possible for you to be transformed from unlovable, from worthless, to chosen, holy, beloved child of God? Is it possible for me to be transformed from depression, perversion, sin, darkness, is it possible for that to occur? Is it possible for that to occur for you? Colossians 3 says, yes. It is possible for your old ways, your inner monster, your evil, to be put to death and for you to be made new. It is possible for you to be transformed. But this is what it costs. This is the price for your transformation. It's death. It's blood shed. It's pain and it's suffering. Transformation is not an unknown idea in creation. You have a caterpillar that's transformed into a butterfly. The caterpillar dies, and what comes forth from that death is a butterfly. A tadpole transforms into a frog. A tadpole dies, and what comes forth from that tadpole is a frog. A seed is transformed into a tree. A seed is planted into the ground and breaks apart and dies. And what comes forth is a tree born from its death. It is the same for us. Something must die in order for you to be transformed. This is what Jesus is going to do, and this is what he has done already. God has set you apart right now as worthy, pure, and holy, and beloved. Because 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross. 2,000 years ago, he saw you wherever you are right now. He said, I see you. I will die for you. 
on that cross, the evil that's inside of you, the evil that's been done to you, is put to death. So that you can be transformed into a chosen one, a holy one, and a beloved child of God. You cannot do this without coming to Jesus. This is not possible. In and of yourself, you cannot work hard enough to get this dirt off of you. You cannot work hard enough to stop being depressed. You cannot work hard enough to stop having invasive thoughts and mental health issues. You cannot work hard enough to get rid of all your filth and the things that you've done to each other and done with each other and done against each other, your family, friends, and parents. You cannot work hard enough to make those things disappear and be forgotten. And no matter how hard you try and work to, to, to redeem it, to make it better, at the end of the day, you will fail and make it worse and worse in and of yourself. One of my favorite um, author, C.S. Lewis, in the book, The Voyage of the Don Treader, he tells a story that's very relevant. He talks about a boy named Eustace, okay? And so Eustace is on a magical island, and he has greed and evil inside of his heart. And because of this, he is transformed into an evil and greedy dragon. Eustace absolutely hates being a dragon. He hates being the monster that he is. He is isolated from his friends. He becomes lonely. He becomes lost. And then somebody meets him. A lion comes to him, and his name is Aslan. The lion invites Eustace and says, Come and follow me. And Eustace, with no friends, no one to talk to, follows. To him at the time was a scary lion. So he follows this lion. And the lion leads him to a well. And the lion tells Eustace, take off your dragon's skin. So Eustace, with his claws, he scratches at his skin and tries to peel off the layers. And as they fall into the well, he realizes that the scales grow back bigger and stronger. And he's more of a dragon than he ever thought he would be as he continues to rip the layers off, more grow back. No matter how hard he tries, it's as if he, as he tries, he becomes more of a monster. And Aslan says to him, you're going to have to let me take off your dragon skin. So Eustace lays down and lets Aslan take his big claws and dig him deep into his skin. And Eustace describes it like this. This is what he says the experience was like. The very first tear he made was so deep. I thought it had gone right between my heart. And when he began pulling back the skin, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. When all his scales were gone, Aslan held him placed him in the water. At first it burned, but then Eustace began to play in it, swim in it, delight in it. And that was when he realized that he was transformed back into a boy. No matter how hard you try, you will never be able to put to death your sin. No matter how hard you try, you will never be able to do, be transformed on your own. You need an Aslan. You need Jesus. You need Jesus to peel off your dragon skin. This is what I experienced with Emily. This is what I experienced with Jesus. This is what I've experienced with you guys. 
This is what I've experienced at church. In worship, I feel the dragon's skin pull away, and it hurts. It's painful. It's hard. I experienced this with my friends in small groups. I experienced this every single day. Some of you guys in this room really beat yourself up. Some of you guys in this room actually hurt yourselves physically. You're taking your dragon claws and scratching out your scales. And all you find is you just need to cut a little bit more, a little bit deeper. But the more you try, the more and more you realize that you have a serious problem. And the more you realize you hate yourself. You hate what you see in the mirror, literally and figuratively. And so you just keep trying. Soon you're going to run out of energy. Soon you're going to be exhausted. Soon you might end up in a basement. Maybe in St. Louis. Alone. Maybe you are going to church every week, but you just feel alone. Maybe you go to youth group every week and just feel alone. And the more you try, the more lonely you're going to get. You need help. Ask for it. Cry out. Say something. Call somebody. Because there's a lie being told to you. And the lie is this, that you are unlovable. If anyone in this room thinks that, it's from Satan. It's not from God. Because in Jesus, you're his beloved child. You're his little girl, his little boy. And he'll take the scales off. And he'll put you in the water. So that you can pull out again. And delight again. And enjoy again. But it will hurt. But it's going to hurt him most. Because he will die for you. To prove this. He will die for you. To prove this. He will die for you. There's another man who's experienced something very similar. Soon after Jesus' death and resurrection, there was a man who made it his life mission to murder Christians. He made it his life mission to persecute them. And this man, on the road to Damascus, to persecute and to kill Christians, was encountered. He encountered Jesus. He saw Jesus. And Jesus said, why are you hurting me? Why are you attacking me? He said, Saul, you are no longer going to be Saul, but you're going to be transformed, and I'm going to change your name to Paul. And you're going to write Colossians 3. So that 2,000 years later, in Lakanto, Florida, the Southeastern University leading worship, you'll hear these words, and these words will be spoken over these students so that they will know that I've changed their name from worthless to worthy so that they will know that I've changed their name from unlovable to lovable and so that they will know that I've changed them from orphans to my adopted sons and daughters Paul you must do this with me stop stop persecuting stop killing stop hating yourself come Take your dragon skin off. 
because of Jesus, you can come to him right now. He will take your skin and your sin and forgive you. He's here. He's here. In this room. He's your big brother. Um, if you could just bow your heads right now. We're going to go into a time to confess our hardness of hearts. We're going to confess the things that we think disqualify us from our Father in Heaven. So just take a second just to confess that. Confess your secrets.